This is War Vessel Radio, standing firm upon the truth of Jesus Christ and speaking triumphantly from the Word of God, boldly living from a position in Christ and decreasing so that Jesus will increase, proclaiming to the world the gospel of Jesus Christ and a hope and a future found in Him. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 10 of the War Vessel Radio podcast. We made it to double digits. I am here again with Ben. And I'm super excited about our topic before we kick that off, quirky question time. So, Ben, what is, let's see, what is your favorite movie? Oh, that actually is a really difficult. I do enjoy a lot of them. But one of them that has really stuck with me through the years I really enjoy is it's The Scarlet Pimpernel. Mm. And you got to watch it to actually know what it is or, or read the book. Mm-hmm. I Jake was asking me earlier whether I like the... Uh, whether I like the book or the movie better. And I was like, well, I, I like the book, but I'm like a visual audio type of guy. Mm-hmm. And so I really enjoy the movie. But you got to watch the old one, not the new one. Okay. Yes, I remember staying up really late and watching the old one with you. And yeah. I liked it, but I don't remember half of it. It's just, yeah. it's, it's a good, it's a funny show. Yeah. And it's a good show. Well, so. what draws me though to it, just real quick, is the... The main actor, he, or the the main individual, he is he lives a double life, but he he rescues um, people during it was <clears throat> during the French Revolution, mm-hmm. and he rescues some of the officials. He's rescuing innocent people out from under the <clears throat> the hand of the mm-hmm. republic, and I just that just really oh it, it draws me in because that's something that I would enjoy doing. the 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 idea of the double life draws me, but as as trying to be a uh, straightforward person and open, I, I can't do that. But it does draw me, though. Okay. So, so yeah, the Scarlet Pimpernel. Hopefully I didn't just promote something. That <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it does. So, yeah. All right. Do you have a quirky question for me? Yes. Uh, so I was thinking through it, and I would be really curious, what is your favorite kind of dessert? Well, I think the straightforward answer to that is whatever is right in front of me. Um, <laughs> I really like a couple things that come to mind is chocolate cream pie, or I think that's what it's called. It changes names, but it's something I rarely have, but it's super rich and delicious. The other one is coconut cream pie, oh, and I also good. love chocolate cake and basically anything chocolate. Um and I'm a guy, so you know donuts. If it's got if it's sugary, I like it, which is a bad thing probably at the end of the day. And I'm trying to do better on that. So, yeah, I think the basics: cake, donuts, pies, mm-hmm. sugary yeah. stuff. That's, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah. All right. So moving into the actual podcast. So today we're talking about your first love, and in singleness, that can have a different meaning. Like. Who was your first love? And that's not really the focus for today, but it is an interesting thought. And so aside from that, it's this first love. And um, as I've been going through this, this comes from Revelation. And maybe I'm snatching this verse straight out of context. I don't know, but I I like what it says. It's straight to the point. In Revelations 2.4, it's talking about the loveless church or the church of, of Ephesus is what it says. Uh, to the angel of the church of Ephesus write. And down in verse 4 it says, 
Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. And I was thinking about this as who or what should our first love be? Like, What are we giving the first of our attention to? And the, the obvious answer to that question is it, sh- it should be Jesus. He should be our first love. I mean, and the list of people we love or things we love, and there's, in the Greek, there's a ton of names for love, but in English, we have one love. It's just love for everything. Love cheese, and I love my mom and dad. <laughs> and so, but Jesus is our first love. I mean, top of the list, he should be the first person we go to in every situation that he is our first love. And I've, I've been looking at this as, from my perspective, looking at a generation of young men and women, my age, younger, older, two, you know, single, married. This is all-encompassing. And looking at the church today and seeing, man, it feels like we've forgotten the first, our first love, which is Jesus. And we're focused in these little minor league things and not the major league which is Jesus who should be our main focus and so that's kind of what I want to talk about today but looking at for you and I Ben we've just been talking about becoming before marriage and this goes back to a couple episodes becoming the best man of God that we can be before marriage and just striving daily to say do you know what Yesterday, I had failures, but I also learned and I grew, and tomorrow I want to learn and grow and be better than I was the day before in Christ. And that's kind of what we're getting at. So, Ben, what's your heart behind that? Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, I I would say that's, that's really the pedestal mm-hmm. that everything sits on is – is going back to what what do we hold highest and dearest in our life? Mm-hmm. What, what is that first love that we have? And just in thinking about it, I I realize that there there are a lot of things that can be our first love, mm-hmm. but the thing like you were saying, having it at the things that are on the top of the list, right? And I know you can get into many different things of idolatry, putting things before God mm-hmm. on on that list, I guess you could say. Um, and But looking at that, though, how the importance, though, that I know, like we had talked about in other podcasts, that basis, that foundation for mm-hmm. having him in your life as number one is the is it's the only building block that will actually, that as you're talking about being the, I think you'd mentioned the ultimate man being able to be able to build upon that. That's the only position to build from. Right. Yeah. I think for me personally, this is becoming more and more awakened and just burning in my soul. And I have, I'm zealous for growing in depth with Jesus in every area of my life. And like we've just restated, stated over and over again, becoming that man of God and seeking to live out what it truly means to follow Jesus hands down. And I want to go over to Revelation chapter 3, uh, 17 to 22, verses 17 to 22. And this chapter is talking to the dead church, the faithful church, and the lukewarm church. 
each one is addressed in their own little way. And this last little segment is, it's focused on the lukewarm church, and I'm sure we've all read this or heard this at some point in our life. Or our life. But I want to kind of refocus at this, what this means at the individual level. So I'm just going to read this quickly. Because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with the eye salve that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I have overcome or overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And I've been really struck by this passage as in so much that the areas that I am lukewarm in, you Ben, you and I were talking about this, that you you know when there's a lukewarm area in your life. It's like you you know you're not dead in it, and you know you're not hot in it. And there's times, I, there's plenty of times in my life where I recognize it's it, it doesn't feel good to be in a lukewarm area. You're just in a haze, and you're torn between two things, and it just feels sickly. Like you can understand why before in this passage it says the Lord just wants to spit us out of our, out of his mouth because it's just disgusting to be lukewarm, clearly. Um, and so what I like is this part about, we, we went in the last episode, we talked about chastening and rebuking. And I like this 19, as many, verse 19, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten, therefore be zealous and repent. And that's the key right there, that we have this zealous... Oh, I hit the microphone. We have this... I'm excited. We have this zealousness to pursue Jesus, even in where we're being chastened. And that's the point. Like the, Our lives have areas that need to be chastened. They, there's, there's lukewarm areas in all of us, and even dead areas, that need the fire of Christ to come in and refine us. That's I believe that's what it's talking about, that we, we buy gold from him, that we invest in the spiritual things... And that is taking the dead, lukewarm parts of our lives and saying, Lord, this needs to change. I, I want to press into you deeper and further and become better than I am now. And then not just resting there and saying, here, I've, I've taken care of five things in my life or I've been sanctified of these five things. It, I'm talking a lot. But pressing in and saying, Lord, there is, there's an endless frontier for me to grow in. And it doesn't stop at any day. I, I, there's more to grow in every day. And I, that is, it, it so excites me that recognizing I see a church that it has potential. It's really weak now, but it, like we talked about in the last one, that in weakness, Christ is strong. And so we have a weak church. Christ is going to be strong in a weak church. And that I expect that to come about. But it starts with me. If I feel... Like the church needs to change. It needs to start in my own life where I need to change and I need to be set ablaze and on fire for Christ so that the church will become that. It starts in my own temple, in my own dwelling place with Christ. So I know I took over the conversation there, but what, no, what do you have to it. add to that? I, I, love, I love your fire and your zeal for that. 
I I was I was looking at it and just thinking about where where the the very heart of it. You were talking about you were talking about how it all starts with us. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to go just looking at that deeper and in in Proverbs 4:23 it says, <clears throat> "Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life." Mm. And I looked at that and just realized, you know, the heart, the heart is, you know, the center, center of the being and often where, where are a lot of the important decisions are made from and who, mm-hmm. who we really are. And just looking at that about as, as a church living in a sinful world, our position, we should be, you know, it says, it says, keep your heart with all diligence, you know, guarding your heart mm-hmm. with all diligence, but that taking a look at that and when you when you when you keep your heart with all diligence you're taking and you're separating yourself from that and when you combine it with uh, I love Colossians 3 it talks about seeking those things which are above mm-hmm. and yeah. I I believe that that is that is where the true victory and power are found is taking in keeping your heart, guarding your heart with all diligence. But as you do that, taking and looking towards those things that are, mm-hmm. that are of the Lord, seeking those things that are above, that are from him. Mm-hmm. And that's where the power is. That's where the, the strength that, that building up of yourself, your focusing, I say focusing on, instead of trying to change the world, instead of allowing Christ to change you right. by your focus on him and, and your desire of pushing and pushing back, not uh, of desiring him and not the evil. That if that makes sense, that's really good. I like, I like what you just said. Um, it's kind of stirred some sort of image in my mind. What you said about guarding your heart. You know, our hearts before we come to Christ are it's the enemy's layer. I mean, it's it's sin. It's fleshly, and once we come to Christ, He renews that, and it becomes His castle the enemy has no place in it but that doesn't mean that we who are guarding our hearts don't still allow enemy the enemy to come in you know like and maybe we've allowed the enemy to come in and we seal the gate off and we're like and then we're blocking off the enemy now that's on the outside of the wall but we're not paying attention to the little fires he's setting off all over the place in our own castle and we're we're so outwardly focused we're not focusing inward which I, I know I so easily stumble into that. And so looking at this as, I, we, so we've sealed off the walls. Now I need to look inwardly and say, Lord, there's pockets of flesh and sin all over my heart that have no place in your temple, and I need to attack those. I, you can't just be easy with those things. They need to be slaughtered out of your life. They're, they're areas that are not consistent with the Spirit of Christ. And he re- by his when he comes in he reveals those areas and once he reveals them we can't just be like you know oh, but i i like that bad guy right there he's you know whatever we have to remove him and through the blood of christ you know say jesus i give this over to you i no longer want to have that bondage in my life and that is what it stirs me is there is like, I think of, I'm just going to crack this wide open. Like, if I look at sexual purity in, in my life or in the life of a guy, it can be, it's a difficult thing to operate in. 
But what Christ has called us towards is not just sexual purity, it's full purity in Christ. And that's the new goal that I have. It's no longer a focus on sexual purity, but purity in Christ. And when my gaze fixed on that, that this is an all-encompassing purity and not merely one area, suddenly there was change and transformation in my life that I haven't experienced before in past times. And my experience in the, from the past has changed, and I have new experiences in Christ that give me more triumph. And I'm, I'm excited about this. And this applies, like that purity in Christ applies to every area. I mean, not only what I just mentioned, but you name it. If there is a darkness in your life, Christ wants to conquer that, and we can grow outwardly in that and conquer it. And that is the heart of becoming a man or a woman of God, especially we've been talking about in singleness. It doesn't matter. This is, I mean, this is something that should be carried on through life. But in singleness, I, I think we have the greatest freedom to just let go of the reins and be like, Lord, this is, this is your temple. Do what you want to do with it. And so make me the ultimate man of God, if you will. Before I get into marriage, before I have kids, build me ahead of time, right? That's that's what I'm getting into. And I know I kind of opened up some deep stuff there. but It's good stuff. It's really good stuff. I was <clears throat> thinking about it, how um, – there's my train of thought there. Uh, oh, yes. What, what I was thinking about is how – we had talked a little bit before, but something that's really been impressed on me is we, we had talked about how victory is not something that has to be victory in our spiritual lives, you know, victory over those, those sexual sins, the having purity doesn't have to be something where it's like, oh, you know, I, I have gone a long stint. In, in purity. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even have to be, you know, purity. It just different sins in our lives. Right. So it we, applies to every Yeah, to it every applies category. to everything. But how we it, it doesn't have to be something mm-hmm. that I think that's a lie from Satan that it, it just or a deception that we can oh, you know, we can we can be free, we can we can live in victory for just a little bit, but you know, it's you're still earthly, you know, you still you can't do it. But something that has really been impressed on me is how when in Christ I we, we talked about dependence in in the last episode, but while we're in that dependence in humility, we can boast, and that sounds really <laughs> kind of right. bad. But we're not boasting in ourselves; we're boasting in what mm-hmm. Christ is doing through us, and in Him working through us, we can walk in that victory. That victory is unprecedented. Right. There's nothing that touches that because we're walking in His strength and His mm-hmm. power, and. And in doing that, we don't have to. We don't have to fear. I think about the different situations, and you know, this this is cracking it even open wider. But how there's different situations in life with with uh, fear. You know, you know this. If I if I do this, the consequences are going to be this. If I go to this extent in serving the Lord, you know, this is going to happen to me. Something bad is going to happen to me. And I think that's where that reckless reckless abandonment for the Lord, but then also that desire that He's going to mm-hmm. give you to do what He want His calling for you. You're gonna when you seek Him, He's gonna show you that that next mm-hmm. or that path for you. His His uh, 
yeah, his his will for you, his path, and you know it's it's hard because like I know I know for me, I'm like Lord, I just love to see that whole path, you know, just right to the end. Yeah. But but he he still has a thing of no no no, you need to depend on me. I want I'll, I'll show you the next step here, but I need mm-hmm. you to have faith. I need you to follow in that, and that has been even though it's. It's very hard to do. You just want to be like, well, no, 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 Lord, it'd be great. We could just be, we could walk together on the path. We can see ahead. Instead, he's like, no, I want to show you this next step. Mm-hmm. And one, once we cross over there, I know you're not ready for the next ones. Mm-hmm. And it's just that loving, knowing that he is looking out for our best, even though it's like, Lord, you know, life would be a lot easier if I could see the end goal. But he knows that where he knows our position. He knows mm-hmm. where, where we're at. And he knows how to grow us to right. the best. He, he, he is the, the ultimate gardener. He knows how right. to grow the, uh, if you use us as examples, but plants, mm-hmm. if you use us as examples with plants, he knows how to grow us, what is necessary in each of our lives in order for that to happen. And I know I strayed a little bit off of the topic, but that boldness that we can have walking mm-hmm. in Christ, that confidence, being able to boast and Right. That's like that's the best kind of boasting that you could right. have is boasting in his power, in his strength, mm-hmm. because he is made strong in our weakness. Yeah, I actually really like where you went with that and going into that, the boasting and the power. And I think, you know, it, you need to be careful here, too, because like you talked about, there are there is a sanctification process that comes. It's not like we... Because this is this is the Christian experience, right? We become believers in Christ. The sp- we, this is the mind blowing mystery that Paul talks about. We are in Christ, and Christ is in us, and we've been given the fullness of Christ. We just need to learn to walk in the fullness of the Spirit that we've been given. You know, first it's kind of we're living like we're living in it actually now, no matter what the circumstance is. We need to learn to walk in all the promises and all the truths that Christ has given us. And that takes that takes time, and it's a sanctification process where the Lord, like we've talked about, is the surrendering and the repenting of, of stuff that happens in everybody's lives, and you're in my life throughout a week. You know, there's stuff that's like, yeah, I need to be sanctified of that. And it doesn't, it doesn't just happen automatically, but you can, I, and personally, the more you choose to say, you know what, Lord, I want to take this ground. I recognize that ultimately on the cross, through your resurrection and ascension into heaven, I have been given victory. The victory is already there. My job is to walk in triumph now. And the revel of that victory that you've been given be like, it's done. And, and to pursue that and say, I'm in Christ. It's all underneath my feet. And to have that perspective and being culturing that perspective in your life. Not that there's not going to be failures, but to use those failures to recognize as a calling to something higher. That Jesus is showing us, you use those failures as a gift and be like, yeah, I messed up. But Lord, you've given me more than I can ever ask or imagine and I can walk out of this in a day-by-day process. Maybe it's not overall at once. For some people, it may be overall at once. And I think for others, depending on what it is, there's just that continued sanctification process. And that, I, I know in the past, I've gotten really frustrated with the sanctification process. It's like, Lord, I just I just want to be sanctified fully now. And recognizing I have, 
Like, this is the craziest thing. I have been fully sanctified, but I get the privilege of deepening my relationship with him through the trials and the various sins that I have in my own life, even to say it that way, that in failure, like we've been talking about weakness, he is made stronger. He is revealed in our weaknesses. If we if we choose mm-hmm. to go to him in our weaknesses and not hide yeah, and shame. That's really key. Like we need to present ourselves into the light. And, you know, it talks about in this, and I know we're going longer. I told you this was going to go longer, but it's, it's exciting. I, like I'm excited about this. In the, so going back to this passage that, you know, don't return to shame, but instead Jesus calls us to something higher. He says, you know, come buy from me gold. Come and trade for your nakedness, for garments of white. This is what he's calling us towards. And that is what our life is to be, is that when we recognize that we are naked, when we recognize that we have a pile of stones and not the pure gold of Christ, we say he has given us the amazing gift to be able to trade our junk for his purity, for his righteousness and the treasures of heaven. You could say it that way, and I love, I love that he does not see our shame. Like we don't need to see our shame. I think shame helps us recognize sometimes where we're at, but we don't have to return before the Lord in shame. We can return before the Lord and say, "In the blood of Christ, I've been redeemed. I repent of what ever is the the issue in my life, and I turn away and I'm making a renewed effort." in Christ to step into the fullness of your spirit and live because he's calling us. I mean, we've been given his spirit and he's calling us to be like him all through the new Testament. It talks about that, that Jesus wants us to grow in a relationship and to become closer to him as close as we can be this side of heaven. And the more we're willing to press into, like you said, reckless pursuit, I I think of berserker and the berserker, and history is never a, it's never been a good thing. You know, it's kind of like this rage buildup, you know, where they charge the enemy head on and normally they die. But they're, they're so in this berserker mode where they don't feel pain or anything. And I, I, I like trying to redeem that and saying, I want to be a berserker for Christ. And in a good way is, and as I want to charge the enemy head on and not be afraid and say, in Christ... I've been given this ground, and not to do it in pride, but in that humble position before the throne of staying within Christ and not running ahead of, you know, getting out in front of the battle line of Jesus where he's leading because then we're just going to get wiped out. But instead, when the Lord says and reveals the ground that we can take back in through his blood, claiming it and running after that ground and taking it away from the enemy... And that, that was so, is what so excites me. Whatever trial or, or difficulty or bondage that I'm going through or I'm being sanctified from, it's all a matter of living and operating in that position of Christ and having the fullness of his spirit and seeing that I can live in triumph, that I've been given the victory. So I don't know. I, we, this is a huge topic that we just busted open but i was i'm so excited for this because like i said earlier you know i i have a vision for the church 
and it starts with myself. You know, the vision, what I believe Jesus is calling us all towards, it it starts at an individual level, at a, a deep, intimate, personal level. Like you and I have talked about, it, that this is about a relationship with Jesus Christ, first and foremost, your relationship with Jesus Christ. And that is what creates change. It's the individual level of the body that builds the church. And so... Yeah, this is just where my heart's at is I want to be in reckless abandon after Christ. And no matter what's going on in my life, I want to be open about my life. I want to show people where Jesus is working, how he's working in every way for good and where the bad is in my life that he's working on that's uncomfortable to share and talk about. But there's still joy that can be come from that and that i just want to see the rise of the genuine christian or the genuine believer is i guess what i've been coining is that this person is 100 percent on fire for christ and it, he and she believes every word in the bible and just can take it as fact and walk in it and i want that for myself and that's what ultimately i believe this podcast has been inspired by god to do or for that's my passion behind it is that as I learn and grow and you and I and through conversations with people and just studying of the word and declaration of what I'm learning what we're learning that this creates a a group zeal and zealousness zealousness to pursue Christ together as the body of Christ so I talked for a long time but once again super exciting stuff yeah, um, <clears throat> something that I, I really uh, latched on to was just the thing of the the zealousness, but then kind of the reckless pursuit of mm-hmm. Christ, but then also um, his the his uh, line of action for mm-hmm. you. And the thing that came up in my mind was um, it, it has also do, also to do with just not fearing what man or mm-hmm. things on earth can do to you, but said yeah, charging really forward in that confidence with mm-hmm. him or in, in Christ, um, in his power. And the story about Paul and uh, the viper that bit him, that really, that, that came to my mind. And the, as the as story goes, I believe it was the Isle of Patmos, Correct me on that later. John uh, was on the Isle. Wasn't it John? John or, was what, on the Isle of Patmos. Yeah, it, where, where Crete? Was it? Was it Crete? No, it's not Crete. Yeah. We don't know. Anyways, it well, was on an island. <laughs> he was on an island. Uh, anyway, sorry. So now I got that wrong. But um, the as the story goes, he Paul is he's on. He knows he's on his way to Rome, mm-hmm. and God has kind of showed him that in I think it was a vision or told him that he was going to make it there. So Paul had that rolling around in his head. And he took that and I love how he took and he stood on that. He did not back down from the fact that he was gonna get there and there was literally nothing that was gonna stop him. Yeah. And as he's as he's building as he's building a fire, they they've just shipwrecked. And as he's building a fire, there's this uh really poisonous viper that comes out and it bites him. And everybody there knows, oh, he's dead. He's he's a goner. And Paul, I don't know, you just get this picture that he just kind of like grabs the thing, kind of shakes it a few times, just throws it back in the fire. But he and he just keeps on going about what he's doing. And as as it continues on, nothing happens to him. Villagers are 
blown away and mm-hmm. he ends up being able to tell them about Christ because of it. But I look at that about not to take it out of context, you know, there's be like, oh, you know, you can do anything. You can, uh, right. You, you know, you can, I don't, I don't know what the example really would be, but just, um, not taking it as you can jump off a cliff and be like, oh yeah, this yeah. is great. But when you are walking in God's will, when you know that when you are following and abiding in him, your time is going to end when he says it's going to end, and none before that. And Paul had that promise that he was going to Rome. And so when we have something like that in our life where we feel God's leading towards a certain, uh, whether it's a place or situation or just guidance in something, mm-hmm. there is always that confidence that it doesn't matter. And, you know, maybe it's not maybe it's not something physical like a snake, but um, something that is something else that is... Uh, in the way of what what we would see as God's uh, direction for mm-hmm. us, we can be confident that He is going to take care of that. Where God guides, He provides, mm-hmm. and that is that is such an encouragement to me. Just in thinking about moving forward, there are times where I'm like, Lord, this is not going to happen, except unless you unless you step in. Mm-hmm. Unless I, I say step in, there there's my. Uh, there's my blunder. He was there all along. But unless, right. unless, I guess the way to put it would be, unless God does something great, which is the only type of thing that God does, um, unless he does that, the situation will not work out. But those are the situations that God, I think he loves the best, right. where he can be like, I'm going to show him this. You know, yeah. they think this is right. great. but That's um, really good. Yeah. That's I really like what you did there. And I like what you said about where God guides, he provides. I don't know if you came up with that on your own or if it just That probably hurt somewhere. Anyway, that was good. And I, I've heard it I, I've heard it something similar, which is where there's a problem, there's a promise and a provision that whatever your problem is in life, God has a promise that's bigger behind it, and then there's a provision that we can't see that's even bigger behind that. That he is faithful in all things if we turn to him. So that that was a longer podcast, and we got into a lot of things. I would love to hear feedback and some thoughts from the audience and the listeners. I know Ben and I both would. And um, this kind of wraps up the the singleness series, at least for what I planned. Maybe Ben's smiling at me like he wants to continue on with it. So there may be some – maybe we switch the topic, but we focus on something else. But um, – I'm sure we'll be back again with Ben for some more podcasts, absolutely. And But yes, to going back, I'd love to hear thoughts and feedback. Um, you know, we, we got into some controversial territory a little bit here, too, with some things. I mean, I, I'm sure of who Jesus is, and so I don't, I, to me, it's not controversial. But um, anyway, I'd love to hear thoughts and just kind of what you as the listeners are thinking or what you'd like to hear. Um, in the future that would be excellent so just blessings to you guys this week i hope you enjoyed this podcast and can walk in the triumph of christ that we've been given so blessings and uh, we will catch you next week Thank you for listening to War Vessel Radio. If you enjoyed this podcast, please follow and share this podcast with others so the truth of Jesus Christ will continue to spread. Thanks again for listening, and may the love, joy, peace, and grace of Jesus fill you today.